Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. The show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. Discuss, pour forth, monologue, about, is what it is. Why? Because my thought and feeling is that if I don't do so with you, the listener, probably... I don't know, actually know if I need to pluralize that word. With you, the listener. The one person who listens. Oh, God, you know what I wonder? Um, has, like, who on the globe has listened to the most amount of episodes of this podcast? Is it someone I know? Is it a, is it a random stranger? I'll tell you what. If you think you are the person who is listening to this right now, if you think you are the person who has listened to the most amount of episodes, tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood, with the number you have in mind, and whoever is the highest, I will do something nice for. I don't know what it is. You'll just have to wait to find out. That will be part of the tease. Interesting. Possibly? Something I should say of my talk of all the media I've consumed that's about to happen is that you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility, as I don't want to spoil things for you, because that's not fun or funny. It's a little funny, but it's not fun. (sighs) Okay, I got a lot in this one, I think, so uh, I'm going to push a button that will get us started like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Bo Peep's Gentleman's Club. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, and uh, did like a whole day where I just watched a crap ton of movies uh, the other weekend. Uh, with, from my perspective, deep in the heart of uh, uh, the COVID virus right now, uh, uh, been staying in and watching a lot of movies, as you do, right? Silver linings of negative situations can arise, like a, a movie marathon. Hey, that's fun. Movie the first, Bad News Bears from 2005. Yes, uh, I remember saying last episode where I watched Bad News Bears 1960-something, I think the original is from, uh, that I was going to uh, watch this one, or actually, to be honest, uh, re-watch this one, and uh, do a comparison. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I think I might actually like this one more, which is, is sort of surprising to me. Uh, it, it's, it's a very well done, not quite shot-for-shot remake, um, uh, uh, if, if you've seen both, you'll know that they are fairly close to identical. There, there, there's some differences, which make sense, rolling with the times and what have you. 
but uh, a, a very very similar um, in story, actory uh, roles, actory roles. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, let's just say they're very similar. But but I actually think I might uh, like this one better. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, maybe it's... I bet you this was probably around the same time as Bad Santa. He, he's good in this sort of, like, uh, 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 role in which it's an adult who probably should have zero interaction with children interacting with children. Yeah, I think that's actually a good summation of Billy Bob in these two roles um if you're unfamiliar with the story of this it's a, a you know a sort of a drunkard uh put in charge of a children's baseball team for some reason uh-huh uh-huh reading wise i'll go with solid four um and if you like baseball movies i bet you you would give it even more Moving on to The Man from Earth from 2007. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have a couple in this episode, but definitely uh, a few coming up. Uh, these are movies. Sorry, I had to edit out a sneeze there. Oh, we, I don't think sneezing is a uh, COVID thing, so I, I'm still safe. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Man from Earth from 2007. Yes, as I was saying, fit into a category of... Uh, movies I found on a list of uh, movies with sort of interesting twist or sort of mind-bendy. Mind-bending movies, I think, was like the, 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 the name of the list. I'm pretty sure it was a list from uh, The Chive, if I do recall. And this was one of them. Uh, the Man from Earth 2007, an impromptu goodbye party for Professor John Oldman becomes a mysterious interrogation after the retiring school scholar reveals to his colleagues he has a longer and stranger past than they can imagine okay so what is this long and strange past it's that he was at one point basically <laughs> this is gonna be weird when i say it uh, a caveman yeah so um he's uh immortal mostly kind of sort of like uh presumably if he was you know shot he would be killed but uh, he doesn't age. He sort of got to, you know, 30-ish years old and stopped aging. Uh, he, he gets sick from time to time, but nothing that has uh, killed him. And, uh, you know, he's just been around this whole time. And the whole movie basically takes place in one room of this cabin um, where he's sort of being politely, for the most part, uh, interrogated by these friends because uh, he sort of learned over the centuries, I guess, that uh, periodically, as people sort of notice that he's not aging, he will sort of pick up and leave and move on and start a new life. That's that sort of thing. But I, I guess these particular group he became very close to, uh, fell in love with one of them even, so decided that uh, this time he's going to take a chance and tell them the truth. Um, and it does something I like that is... Um, and I'm trying to think of other movies that have had this. I, I know there's definitely been quite a few where you kind of don't know. I, I guess you do at the end. You kind of don't know for most of the movie whether he's bullshitting or not. Um, you know, I like that. I, I, I like the not knowing. And it comes up on the podcast fairly often that when there's a movie where I don't know what's going to happen next and I don't know where it's going, uh, those tend to be my favorite kind of movies because... Quite often, I, I could sort of, you know, a couple of minutes in the movie, I know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, th there's the good feeling of, I am a smart person, who knows this? <laughs> but then it's offset by the fact that, oh, okay, now this movie's not going to be as good. 
not too many people you might recognize in this. Uh, Tony Todd, um, one of the first people to autograph Nerd Kane. You could Google Nerd Kane Adventures if you want to know what I mean by that sentence. Uh, uh, John Billingsley, who you may know as Dr. Phlox from Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, it was a good movie. I, uh, I, I think I'll go... Mm, 3.975 yeah it's not quite a 4 but uh, it was interesting and good and I didn't mind it moving on to Big Night interesting New Jersey 1950s two brothers run an Italian restaurant business is not going well as a rival Italian restaurant is out competing them out competing them that sounds weird and in a final effort to save the restaurant the brothers plan to put on an evening of incredible food starring uh, uh tony shalhoub and stanley tucci as these two aforementioned brothers uh yeah this is sort of an interesting one as well uh, a, a character piece I, I do believe is maybe what you would call this um it was on the same list as the other one i don't know if it was mind bendy um, but it was sort of interesting, and maybe that's what the list was sort of compiling. Sort of interesting movies uh, w with plots that you don't see very often, and I, I, I think that's kind of what this was. Uh, I liked it. Acting was incredible. Story was not huge. It's just sort of a, a, a almost a set piece to let these amazing actors do their thing. It, it kind of had that feel to it, which, uh, which I'm fine with. I, I, I think movies like that... Uh, really suit a, a that that Sunday movie vibe that I aim for, which uh, a lot of these movies I watched on Sunday, uh, in a aforementioned movie marathon. So big night. I'm gonna go three point five. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Moving on to Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Interesting. I love a, a superhero. Uh, wherever it's like good guys for some reason are forced to fight one another because the reason <laughs> quite often uh, it can be convoluted this one was but uh, then you know by the end they're fighting uh, together they did something cool in this as well in that the re or the uh, maybe not the reason but the method in which these two universes are colliding it's almost like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, where it's like many different incarnations of superheroes can exist. Like you know, you got your your seventy, your sixties Batman, your Michael Ke Keaton Batman, your uh, Batman Beyond Batman. Like there's so many different Batmans. Imagine if they all sort of met up and had to fight a, a, a super powerful being. But instead of Batman, it's Teen Titans, which you know it's kind of close because you got Robin in there. Uh, I've been a Teen Titans fan for a while used to uh, love the show so to see these together i don't really know teen titans go like i've seen the odd episode but uh it's uh, I, I guess it's sort of a, a more of a kitty version i suppose not as dark and gritty as uh actual teen titans which was surprisingly dark and gritty uh some episodes in particular uh that i can think of uh rating wise yeah uh i like the premise uh execution uh jeez i'm gonna go 4.2 yeah, uh, I enjoyed Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Anytime you get big teams of superheroes in a thing, I tend to like it. Because I like seeing... Uh, you know what I think it is? Maybe it's like the... Uh, and I've always liked it. But maybe it's like the D&D &D in me. 
<laughs> that is just sort of deep down in my bones, apparently, in that when you take a group of uh, people or things in some cases uh, with a, a, a sort of a vast array of different powers, uh, when you have that sort of as a base, the interactions between these beings with uh, these incredible powers means all sorts of cool, strange things can happen. It's almost uh, a rolling D20s uh, in picking your race and class, doing that. You never know what you're going to get, and you never know what you're going to get in Teen Titans Go! versus Teen Titans. Kind of a, a strange title, too. Uh, moving on to, from 2006, The Fall. Yeah, this was a weird one. Uh, in a hospital on the outskirts of 1920s L.A., an injured stuntman begins to tell a fellow patient, a little girl with a broken arm, a fan oh, she was adorable, by the way, a fantastic story of five mythical heroes. Thanks to his fractured state of mind and her vivid imagination, the line between fiction and reality blurs as the tale advances. So, sort of uh, often had the feel of... What the hell was that... Uh, uh, Princess Bride, Princess Bride, where, uh, you know, uh, Columbo is reading uh, Wonder Years. <laughs> uh, you know, the guy who played Columbo, what the hell is his name? Uh, God, oh, I'm not going to get it. Uh, uh, read Fred Savage, the book Princess Bride. Kind of had a little bit of a feel of that. Um, and, and the fantastic story was, you know, it, it was weird. It was definitely weirder than the Princess Bride. We could say that much for sure. Um, I don't know, it just didn't pull me in, uh, and I think it was because maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, and this is a movie that if you're not paying 100% attention, you're going to miss things because of its weirdness, so for that reason, I'm gonna go like a two, yeah, I, I really didn't, I, I didn't get it, I didn't follow it, uh, it didn't pull me in, uh, the time, one hour and 57 minutes, I might add, uh, passed, and when it was over, I kind of didn't know like I didn't know what had happened like I it was like just two hours had passed and that's what had happened uh moving on to the final movie look at this we got a crap ton of movies eh? uh girl on the third floor from 2019 oh Don Coach Koch hmm Don tries to renovate a rundown mansion with a sordid history for his growing family, only to learn that the house has other plans. Haunted house. Hashtag haunted house. Yeah, uh, so it's, uh, you know, your uh, typical, for the most part, uh, haunted house uh, movie um, with some sort of sexual undertones and overtones. And uh, it, it was okay, but uh, you kind of knew where things were going for the most part throughout I uh, watched it with the missus, of course, as it is a horror movie, and she is a big horror movie fan. Uh, Rating-wise, I'll go uh, solid three right down the middle. Uh, three, if you're unfamiliar, is enjoyed while watching, but probably won't watch again, and that very much fits into this. Um, <laughs> oh, CM Punk? Wait, I've heard that name before. Is, was that the main guy? Oh, yeah, it was too. Okay, well, the, 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 the main actor is uh, CM Punk, who was a wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't know that. Like, uh, the guy looks like... This is what the missus said. The guy looks like uh, a, a cross between... No, she said looks like a less attractive John Hamm. <laughs> uh, poor CM Punk. Please, please don't listen to this and hear what, my, what the missus said about you. Uh, yeah, anyways, let's move on, I guess. 
Today's television talk sponsor is Input. Input. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I have a new one that the missus and I uh, just started watching. Uh, it's pretty good so far. We're three or four episodes in. Um, it's called Explained. It's on uh, Netflix. It is a Netflix-created uh, series of... Geez, uh, sort of weird. Uh, I think they're like 40, 15 minutes to 40 minutes sort of little videos about uh, various subjects. So they'll take a subject and they'll do a, I was going to say a deep dive, but not really. They'll do sort of a, a medium dive, a shallow to medium dive onto the subject and just sort of uh, 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 see what we see about it. So the ones that we watched were uh, Beauty, which, uh, you know, let me, what exactly was that about? Um, b -b -b beauty, uh, a wide-ranging look at beauty, including how humans define it and why art and nature can be aesthetically pleasing. Oh yeah, okay. So, uh, this uh, something they do cool as well is that uh, each episode will be narrated by a different uh, person. This one was uh, narrated by John Waters, which was pretty cool. Uh, and my takeaway of this episode was one very, very cool thing um, from, from the whole episode. But, but still, one, that, that's all I need. You give me one cool thing from an episode, I'm, I'm happy. It was that the part of your brain, and this, this is fascinating and I really wonder what it means. You know when you're just sitting there and your sort of mind starts to wander and you're not really thinking about anything and your sort of thoughts turned inward and you're just sort of in your own thoughts. You know that sort of feeling? It's just sort of zoned out almost, you could call it, right? So um, that part of the brain, the brain that lights up when that happens, is the same part of the brain that lights up when you look at and appreciate art. So, you know, in a museum, walking around, looking at art, the same part of your brain is activated in these two scenarios, which is sort of very, very fascinating to me. Like, why would that be? What does it mean? I liked it so i mentioned it and uh and the reason why we continued like that was the first one we watched we were going to watch diamonds but i've seen so much on diamonds and um what's his name uh, uh adam ruins everything he did a really good diamonds one uh so we skipped that one uh and went to beauty first and the fact that that one super super interesting thing from that episode meant that we continued on uh continued on to the future of meat uh, an explanation of the unsustainability of meat and rising popularity of plant-based meats. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting as well. It's sort of cool to uh, delve a little deeper into, you know, your Beyond Meats and stuff like that. Which, uh, uh, something that I, I think, pe maybe it's lessening, but people sort of, uh, I think, wrongly assumed at first that these non uh, meat-based meats, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say, were uh, were better for you than meat. But uh, they're 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 not really like they're better for the environment, are they? Mm -hmm. the, there was some question of that. Probably as they perfect the science around it, they'll get better and better for the environment versus meat. Now I I think they still are. It's just like by how much. Something I'm um, waiting for. In a sort of a prediction I've made to the missus, which I do from time to time, these sort of long-term predictions, I don't know why I do it. Uh, you know, I should do it on the podcast, and then I could look back and say, see? See? It's that uh, uh, bugs, uh, bug meal, bug meat, uh, things of that nature are, are, are probably going to be much more readily available and commonplace in the next five to ten years. 
Uh, maybe the Beyond Meats will fade away and we'll be eating bug meat. I'm for it. Hey, why not? If it tastes good, what do you care where it comes from? Uh, moving on to the next pandemic. Oh yeah, that one, <laughs> maybe not the best one to watch uh, during these times. Uh, I'll give you a little behind the scenes action. It is, from my perspective, March 14th. Okay, when I'm recording this, gives you a little idea how uh, ahead of the time I am um, before uh, recording and releasing. Whatever. It means I don't have to stress too much about it. So, I do it. Because I got enough to stress about what with the next pandemic. Uh, all, all the coronavirus stuff going on right now. Uh, you know, it, it's a serious thing. Uh, people have to be careful. But you also don't have to go to friggin' uh, the grocery store and buy all the toilet paper. Because that's ridiculous. Uh, and the stockpiling and, 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 and the terror. The terror. The missus, uh, I will say, is a, a touch of it. <laughs> so, you know, then I have to sort of try to help mitigate that as well. I don't know. Uh, so maybe we shouldn't have watched that one. Anyways, uh, I think there was one more we watched. Was that it? No, those were the, those, those were the three. But I'm uh, going to continue on. And uh, if cool ones come up and uh, I don't have other television shows to talk about, I'll bring them back. Because why not? Today's book banter sponsor is Zombie Sex in the City. Thank you for that sponsorship. I'm for sure a zombie Miranda. The book in question is The City, which is uh, uh, book number two in the Autumn series by David Moody. Yes, flying through these books for the reason that I cannot goddamn well put them down. As I mentioned, uh, I think last episode, uh, we talked about Autumn, which was the first book <laughs> in the Autumn series. Uh, these are uh, zombie apocalypse books. Uh, however... Uh, they do things differently, starting with the fact that... Um, uh, everyone died, 99 point some odd percent of the population died, um, just like suddenly within 24 hours, uh, it's it sort of the sickness, maybe I shouldn't be reading books like this, uh, this sickness swept across the globe and killed people, uh, in this, uh, horrific manner where their sort of throats closed and blood oozed and they all just dropped dead. Uh, then a couple days later... Uh, you're starting to see some of these quote-unquote dead uh, start to rise up, start to stand up and walk around. At first, that's all they do. You could stand in front of one of them and it's like uh, they wouldn't even see you. They would just keep walking. They'd, they'd bump off bump off you. Uh, if you held them, uh, they, they would stop moving. Uh, they would just sort of walk in a straight line until they hit something, and then when they hit that, they would uh, change direction and walk in a straight line. Uh, that continued for a number of days, and then uh, uh, they started to uh, hear, or seemingly hear and see, and then uh, would head towards um, sounds. Uh, and people, and it's not necessarily that they would attack you, but uh, if they saw you, they would uh, head towards you, and, and just sort of one-on-one, -on -one, no big deal, but uh, it's that thing when you start to be surrounded on them, you know, could get a little uh, nervous. Uh, then eventually, 
uh, into this book, uh, it's becoming more and more pronounced that they're getting violent and they're they're out for blood. Uh, are they eating brains? No, they're not eating anything. But they're uh, definitely becoming much more worrisome. If you make a, it's got a little bit of the feel of uh, the quiet place in that if you're in a place long enough, you're going to be making noises, which will attract the things. Um, they will then uh, start showing up in numbers as they are making noise. Uh, and in the quiet world, sort of devoid of all human life, any amount of noise is going to uh, attract notice, and then they more and more come, and more and more, and that, uh, into this book where there's a sort of army base that uh, just uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, have uh, surrounded it, and um, uh, this is the first case where we uh, meet some survivors who are not immune. Oh yeah, that's what I should have said too. Uh, some people those the ones who didn't die in the first day are uh, seemingly immune to whatever disease was uh here we meet some who managed to get underground before the disease sort of reached the area i guess so they're not immune but they're underground uh sort of army folk they're uh, going out in their protective gear um one of them uh manages to uh by accident uh get his sort of a suit cut uh, he's one of the, the main characters. Uh, Moody is his name? I forget. Uh, Roger or Moody. I don't know. I'm bad with names. Uh, manages to sort of figure out that he is actually um, uh, the, immune to uh, the disease. <laughs> so then we have sort of his perspective from both sides. Um, uh, the first books focused a lot more on uh, staying in the countryside, trying to uh, avoid it that way. This one takes place more in the city, where uh, a group of followers has held up in a university. Uh, because a group of followers in a university going to make some noise, eventually that gets around it. Very, very cool. Very, very good. Something David Moody, Moody does... Oh, Moody. <laughs> that was the name of the... Uh author okay never mind i'm uh, dumb and slow and it's very early in the morning so forgive me uh something that david movie <laughs> movie david moody does very well is that moves from exciting moment to exciting moment quick enough that it uh, literally having trouble putting the book down at night um like Oh, jeez. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's just so uh, so exciting, and you, you want to see what's going to happen to uh, individuals next, and uh, see how these zombies are progressing, and jeez, I like it. Five out of five, uh, obviously, and uh, continuing on, I think it's a five-book series, if I do recall. Um, there has been some uh, theories, nothing concrete yet, uh, posed to how the plague has started had to do with uh, um, the government, of course, releasing uh, a, a germ that should someone release like a, a sarin gas or a, a toxic gas, it would uh, uh, attack the gas um, so that you would be immune to it. So it would sort of get into your body and then if someone released uh, uh, what's that other one the white powdery one anyways let's just say sarin gas because that's the only one i know off the top of my head um your body would uh, uh, attack it with these germs that the government had released into the air however of course uh shit went awry 
and uh, it attacked the body and said, oh, and it also, uh, this all originated from Canada. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Which is, of course, where I am. Jesus Christ. <sighs> game, Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is the El Diablo Bath Bomb. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we are talking Book of Demons. Yeah, I think maybe I've been uh, mentioned last week. Uh, so this is a video game, yes. It combines sort of a dungeon crawl with kind of a card battle with sort of a roguelike. It's an interesting mashup of different uh, genres. Uh, done very, very well. Um, what I like is the customizability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a word, I'm sure. Uh, of your character. So basically, um, uh, you play as, a, well, there's a choice. You have to unlock, which is kind of a pain, but uh, uh, since I did beat the game, I have unlocked everything now. Um, you play as a, a, a fighter, a, a rogue, or a, a wizard, I guess. Um, and the differences there are some of the powers you get and your life and mana. Uh, but that doesn't... Uh, that, that's not a huge difference. Anyways, uh, you'll be able to have, say, uh, uh, 10 cards in play, and the cards will range from uh, uh, offensive abilities, uh, passive abilities, uh, items, and I think that's basically what the three sort of categories are. So uh, the sort of default I went with was have two or three uh, attack abilities. Uh, I only used one, for the most part, I only used one item, which was healing potions, which uh, I, I think is a must-have item. Uh, and then the rest were passive abilities that gave me, you know, certain immunities to thing, uh, certain uh, uh, abilities to uh, have a, a percent to avoid missile attacks, for example, or uh, the ability for some seconds to be immune to the fire that you're going to be standing in. Uh, and, and you're traveling through this dungeon trying to uh, make it down into hell. So you're always headed downwards. While you're progressing, you're um, killing bad guys, of course. It's all sort of done uh, point and click as well. So uh, if I'm going to kill uh, you know, a zombie headed towards me, I'm just going to... Uh, click on it and hold down as my attacks go then uh like you'll have a standard attack that doesn't cost anything but then the uh three special attacks would cost mana so you'll have a pool the interesting thing about that as well is the passive abilities will use your mana pool so say if i have a, a mana pool of 20 and i have a card that to have on passively costs 10 uh, then my attacks are only gonna, uh, I'm, I'm only gonna have 10 mana worth of attacks. So there, there, there's sort of a balance there you have to come with. Uh, I always erred on the side of having mostly passive abilities and then just a little bit of mana that would replenish. So one of my passive abilities was that my uh, mana would replenish every so, uh, so many seconds. Uh, so I, I think doing that allowed me to keep it low 
uh, and then just replenish on, on a sort of a, I think it was like by the end I had a replenishing every second like one mana for every one second that sort of thing uh, fun uh, got a little repetitive by the end because you're 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 sort of you're not battling the same bad guys by any means in fact uh, they have an incredible array of uh, I guess towards the end they got a little samey um, uh, bad guys with different abilities, different things you can do, you have to do to them to defeat them, different things they'll do to you. One, the most annoying one, was like these battering uh, ram guys who would like run up to you and they'd hit you and then they'd stun you. Uh, and then there would be a bunch of stars on screen and you'd have to click them in order to be unstunned. Now, that's a pain right there, but what was even more pain is they would knock your cards, like, sort of out of whack, so you'd have to click on each of them that got knocked out of whack, uh, and I didn't find that out at first, so I was like, well, why am I getting so weak? <sighs> Fun, exciting, I liked it. Book of Demons, jeez, can I go 5 out of 5? It's one I could see myself, you know, uh, like, faster than light, uh, like a game that I might just pick up and play for a little while. It's that sort of game, which uh, tend to give uh, higher ratings to. I'll go uh, 4.6-ish. Uh, hmm. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Mott's Bolian Barbicide. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, starting off with a TED Talk title, TED Talk title, TED Talk title. Have not had one in a while. I used to do these all the time back in the day, but uh, uh, now I just one's really got to jump out at me, I feel. I mean, they, they've got a little... They got planned, or it's just I watched so many of them? I, I don't know. It's like only sometimes they, they sort of jump out at me, like this one did uh it was titled a brief tour of the last four billion years well yeah there you go funny title right there uh and then uh in brackets uh, dinosaurs not included and sort of the gist of this was uh the woman giving their talk who i'm not a professional so i don't have her name oops uh she was very good and uh she the, the sort of gist was uh, uh, dinosaurs, in terms of, you know, uh, archaeology, paleontology, are a good way in. Like, they're, they're a good gateway drug uh, to get you interested in the subject. But there's so, 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 so very much more depth uh, into this world than just dinosaurs. And she sort of explored that space, some of the cool stuff that had happened in the last four billion years. And uh, just, just fascinating, and I want to know more. I want, like, a, a full series... Uh, a full uh, series devoted just to the subject of uh, some of the cool stuff she talked in, uh, about in this video. I would watch that very much. Uh, so I, I hope you go over and watch that. And maybe if enough people do, the people will, uh, the powers that be will realize uh, people have interest in the subject and we'll get to see more of it. Is my hope. Is my hope. Uh, moving on to ETTV, which of course stands for Enjoy Today TV. <laughs> uh, might be a little bit of a language barrier there. Or, you know, Enjoy Today TV. <laughs> it's fun to say, so, you know, I'll give them to that. It's this uh, YouTube channel um, where it's like street food in various countries. Uh, a lot of Asian countries, uh, some Middle East countries. 
basically street food being made which uh, uh again is just sort of this the, these strange rabbit holes I, I find i go into youtube like first there was the guys who made uh like weird houses in the jungle i'm a little off them uh to be honest then there's a uh, mikey chen and uh the vending machine guy who would go to vending machines um and, and now this one i don't know i, I feel like I'll, I'll latch on to this uh, a strange rabbit hole like this and then watch the shit out of it and then eventually it'll fade away but 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 these ones are good <laughs> for now anyways so uh, go check them out uh next pro gamer builds epic tiny house with crazy computer setup oh yeah that one so uh, uh you know i've watched the odd tiny house thing uh it's not a rabbit hole i, I think i'm gonna go down too too much um but this one uh, sort of caught my eye because of the pro gamer setup she had uh, kind of seemed sort of like a you know a, a desktop and a couple of cameras it didn't seem that cool but the fact that it was in the tiny house was was, was kind of cool it's not something you normally see uh this was also in germany so um it was all very sort of neat and clean and tidy and uh, uh the girl was uh she was very nice uh she's apparently on twitch again don't have her name uh the guy doing the uh, uh tour slash interview um was from new zealand and apparently he sort of goes around the world i guess or has his own uh, youtube channel devoted to tiny homes uh so you know check that one out why don't you uh, last but not least, uh, something I've been uh, uh, looking into and trying to figure out, wrap my head around, which I'm uh, making headway with, is a Star Trek Adventures RPG. So, um, as much as I love D&D, uh, as it comes up so very often on this podcast, uh, being a DM and a player, and uh, hell, playing on a, a podcast, an actual play podcast, Fire Breathing Kittens, if you want to go check that out, and I hope you do. Um, uh, I've been wanting to delve out into other things a little bit, uh, so I've been, uh, looking into Star Trek, um, because I sort of roll Star Trek into my D&D, but, uh, the thought of playing a, a D&D style game in the actual Star Trek universe very much appeals to me, so I want to know how to do so. Um, there's one called Star Trek Adventures, uh, it uses an interesting system using 2D20s, uh, I've been sort of uh, looking into how to build a character and how, how they play and how they go about it. And uh, I think I have the gist of it pretty good, but uh, uh, what I should do is watch people play. I, I did a little bit, but um, I don't know. I, I, the way I learn is to sit down and watch people play, like in person or, or actually be there and play in a game. So I, I need to find someone who plays this. Which maybe I could do on roll twenty. I don't know. I I gotta look into it more. But basically, I'm saying, if you listening to this, <laughs> know how I can play it, who I can play it with, where I can play it, uh, let me know. Hey, why not? Yes, that's right. We got a little cleanup conversation to do, specifically a restaurant recitation. Yes, uh, I haven't done this in a little while. I forget what the last one was. I think it was uh, Pickle Barrel. 
That's fun to say. Uh, and I've never, uh, I don't know why I do it, you know, kind of just a fun new thing I, I decided to throw in from time to time. I uh, don't eat out very often, but uh, recently got, and uh, the missus and I tend to do this every year, I think, um, whenever we get our tax money back, um, that's like a good excuse, because going out to dinner, you know, it's so expensive, uh, it's not something you're going to do very often, but when suddenly you have an influx of a, a, a nice chunk of change from the government, hey, why not uh, live a little? Go out and uh, eat at a fancy restaurant. So um, we went to one called The Consulate. Uh, it's uh, somewhat close to us. Um, I had, for the first time, avocado toast. Uh -huh. Just to give you uh, an example of how fancy it is. Um, and, uh, we've been there a couple times, uh, it's good, I recommend, uh, they have a, uh, a, a piano player, uh, fr Fridays and Saturdays, so, you know, a little ambiance there, uh, she, she was very good, um, she played, uh, uh played piano and sang, so very impressive, uh, <laughs> anyone who can do that, uh, there was a, they also host weddings there. There was a wedding uh, going on at the same time we were there. We sort of debated trying to crash it, but, you know, dicey, dicey situation. Plus, we weren't uh, wedding, we, we were fancily dressed, we just weren't wedding dressed. Uh, Rating-wise of the consulate. I think I would go four point four. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's got the convenience of being close, uh, fancy with not being crazy expensive, uh, beautiful uh, beautiful building. Food's always good. Uh, next time you're in the middle of nowhere, Ontario, <laughs> check out the Consulate Dining Lounge on Innes Lake. Why don't you, folks? We made it to the end. I don't know why I did that, but I did. A longer episode than I had planned, but uh, that is not unusual. Uh, that leaves one final thing to say, which is always a final thing to say, which is, of course, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think You've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.